Hey, welcome on out to the Yards After College podcast here on KSLSports.com and the KSL Sports app. I'm Sam Farnsworth and Kyle Ireland. We are your hosts, as usual, here on the podcast every week to talk about all things locally related to Utah in the NFL. And there's a lot of that going on every single week. And we continue to have former high school and college athletes shine every single week. Kyle, did you like what we saw in week two? I I was like super surprised that the first week was followed up by such an awesome week. Because it's usually yeah. like, Sam, like there's like one good week and then there's like a down week. And then, you know, like there's like a flow to the season. Yep. And like, it's like two really strong weeks by the local guys back to back to start the season. So I was, I was really happy about it. At the same time, I was also really busy on Sundays. Yeah, I'm no sure kidding. you were as well, but my gosh, it, uh, it was super fun. Uh, there's obviously a lot of talking points, like whether it's like the negatives or like the positives guys coming out of nowhere, we can, we can talk about all that, but yeah, there's a, it's pretty cool that, you know, little Utah, like there's some like household names <laughs> now and uh, pretty fun to see. Yeah. You know, it's, I, when I talk to people that are new to our state, you know, the, there's a lot of people always moving here and uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm, in, I'm involved at, at a certain level with youth sports and I'll talk to other parents at my kids games and stuff and who, who have only lived here for a few years. And uh, I mentioned how many NFL players have connections to Utah out there and how many just came from high school, Utah high schools that are in NFL. Right. And, and it just, they're, they're like, wow, I didn't realize. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is a, a football hotbed. Love it or not like it or leave it. You know, Utah is a hotbed for uh football talent. And we saw a lot of it uh, this weekend. So Kyle, I think what we'll do here is we'll just get straight in. I've got I, you, you know, me, I love my three stars every week. Um, and I've got three this week. Do you want to just jump right into that? Should let's, we do let's, that? Let's, yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll start with number three. Third star. And there it is. My third star this week, Kyle, goes to San Francisco 49ers linebacker Fred Warner. This guy is elite in the NFL, not just a local in the NFL. This guy is elite in the NFL, one of the best defensive players. I mean, he's going to be, if he continues to play the way he's playing right now, he's going to be in those conversations for defensive player of the year when it's all said and done with. And that would be just such an awesome, well-earned uh, award for him. He deserves to be all pro again. And I know we're only two weeks in, but he did it once again, 11 tackles on Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, second on the team that of course we know double digit tackles is pretty common for him. Nine of those were solo though. And he got a big sack in the game as well. Um, Fred is just so fun to watch. If you ever just watch a Niners and Rams game and you're able to spot Fred Warner on the field, just, just watch him instead of watching the ball, watch Fred Warner, watch how he, how he sets up, how he shifts with the ball, who he's matching up with. It's, it's pretty fun to do. And then, uh, pretty awesome to see when he lays the wood on someone or, or comes up with a big time sack. The crazy thing about the 49ers defense, Sam, is it's like Fred is amazing. He's like mm -hmm. a top 15 player in the NFL, and he's not even the best defensive guy on the team. And so, <laughs> like, that's the crazy part is watching the Niners, like you said, like he's flying around. But I also think that because of the pressure that Bosa puts on a, yeah. a offense, it really frees up Fred. He's like in the perfect spot. He has the perfect guy playing in front of him on the line where Fred can do all of the Fred things that he does, right? And you saw that on Sunday against the Rams. And 
I really think that after two weeks, the Rams might be like a sneaky, like decent team. Like everybody kind of was like, oh, the Rams are going to be terrible again. And after the week one win over the Seahawks, everybody was like, whoa, maybe the Rams. Like they kind of hung with the Niners there for about, you know, three-ish quarters or so before uh, the San Francisco defense really just like clamped things down there in the fourth quarter. But big credit to Fred Warner. He has, I mean, like he never really has a down game. And you saw that on Sunday. Like they really just like, they can put a game away with, you know, one or two plays. And Fred's a big part of that. So if I had a three B and a three C this week, I, I, <laughs> the, I, the five yeah, stars, I we're stretching, we're stretching it here, <laughs> but, but the, you know, the two nominees, you know, you know how yeah. when you watch highlights, you know, this is a top. Are we going to have to do an honorable mention now? <laughs> but we'll see where we get. Hey, <laughs> if we have this many locals putting up these many numbers every week, we might have to stretch it to more than just three. Or I might just have to raise the standard, at least for what I make in the top three. But I just, I do want to, and we'll probably talk about these guys a little bit, but I do just want to give credit to uh, the way, obviously Bobby Wagner does what he does every single week. Sure. And, and he he did it again. So that's like, it's not that shocking. Um, Julian Blackman, though, is a name I just can throw out there. We, we can talk about him a little bit, but he was close to becoming my third star as well, especially considering everything he's gone through. Uh, to see him out there leading his team in tackles, or he's close to leading his team in tackles, is pretty awesome. But uh, he does not get a star. He just gets me to mention his name for a second here. Uh, instead, here's my number two star. Second star! Okay, so I know we had him last week, but I've got to give him credit again. Jordan Love is my number two star. Okay, the numbers might not have been as as huge. Uh, was 151 yards. 14 of 25, the completion percentage maybe down just a touch, 56%, but still three touchdowns, no picks. The guy is protecting the ball. He is playing very well through two games, through two games. These are very good numbers. Through two games, 396 yards and six touchdowns, no turnovers. And passer ratings are what they are. You know, you can, some people like them, other people don't. I like the passer rating because I feel like it's a pretty good indicator of a very efficient and smart, good decision-making and good playing quarterback. Uh, you look at the list of all-time pass passer rating quarterbacks, Hall of Famers all at the top there, right? They're, yeah. they're just amazing. And are, we talking, Jordan Love, are we talking QBR or are we talking rating? Not QBR, not QBR. Okay. Okay. I'm talking rating. I'm QBR on the is, same same yes. wavelength then. Yes, good. I okay. still don't totally get QBR. I think that's the set that was created by ESPN, if I don't <laughs> you know, mistake. But but the passer rating of 118.8 yeah. is outstanding through two games. Yep. So even though they lost it by three points, uh, the way he's playing has been super efficient, and he's been the leader that that offense needs. So I like, I actually like will box score watch as I'm watching the games, which is also amazing. Can I just like shout out YouTube TV? I know they're not a sponsor, but the NFL Sunday ticket this year is outstanding. Like you can have any combination pretty much of the NFL game. So like I had a four box on the TV. I had red zone on my iPad. I've got the computer sitting on my lap. I've got like the entire setup now. And I'm just like bouncing between screens I've got the box scores like I'm just like I'm just absorbing information constantly. Right. Like 11, 12 hours straight on Sunday, just football into my body. It's great. But going back the rating, Mm -hmm. I will watch that with these quarterbacks. I, I watched it with Zach Wilson this weekend. I watched it with Jordan Love and like Jordan, the first two weeks of the season, that rating 
has like just really been like consistent. It's like hovered right. around the hundred mark <clears throat> and to finish the game where he did, what was it? One thirteen point five. Like mm-hmm. that's outstanding. And really like, I mean, they didn't win the game, but it wasn't like Jordan's fault. Right. Like, I mean, that's like all you can ask for in a guy who's in his third career start is to not lose the game for you. Just like put your team in a yep. position to win. And he's actually like doing the opposite. He's helping them like, or I guess not the opposite, but he's exceeding that is what I mean to say. Like six touchdowns, zero interception, interceptions, like you mentioned. I think that that's about as perfect of a start as you could have expected Jordan Love to have the, to start this year. Well, speaking of perfect starts, let's get right to that number one star. First star, let's go! Who could have scripted a better start I know to not to not just a season, but to a it's flipping a, NFL it's those career. NFL those NFL script writers. Those uh, yeah, we've seen the commercials. You like, know, you know what would be great? I've got a good one for it's you. Key and peel. <laughs> We're this is going to take everyone off guard. No one's going to expect this. Yeah, we're going to make this guy jump off as an early. Uh, what's his name? Nakwa. Nakwa. Let's make him a, a star. Yeah. You kidding me? Puka Nakua. It's funny when you see the highlights out there and people are like, I never heard of this guy before. And I'm kind of shocked by that because he was good in college. He was above good in college. Uh, he was solid at, at the combine and the other invites that he's had. You know, I'm sure most NFL people had an idea of possibly who he is, but no one had an idea he could start like this. And yeah, you could say maybe this is a, a result of Cooper Cup being out, but we talked about him last week with his uh, 10 catch game and 100 plus yards and just how bonkers that was. Well, how do you follow that up? Like, I, I'm sure everyone, especially locally, when it comes to fantasy football, we're like, ooh, do I pick up Puka or is this too much of a, am I being a homer by picking him up here? Because, right. uh, you know, it's only been one game. We got to, we got to see how he follows this up. Well, then 15 for 147. Are you kidding me? Uh, and uh, a lot of records with that. I'm sure, I'm sure you know what all those are. So there were a few of them, Sam. Yeah. That's the crazy part. So he broke the single game rookie reception record if Mm -hmm. i said that correctly Mm -hmm. there's a lot of words there in that yeah but he had what was it 15 catches for 147 yards in week two but to tie that into his week one game which we talked about last week where he had what was it 11 catches 10 catches 10 catches Mm -hmm. and so 25 receptions and i believe it was 35 targets like i don't have the box score up in front of me so i could be wrong on that but those two were the records where most amount of receptions over two game stretch to start a career in addition to just a single game uh, as a rookie so pretty impressive uh, the the two game high to start a season or yeah to start a season or a career that is was 19 and he was six catches above that like i mean matthew stafford was just like Dinkin and Duncan the way down the field with yeah. Pukiko. And and Puka was getting open. Like, and going back to when we were talking about Fred a few moments ago, like that's a good defense that they were playing against. Yes. And Puka was able to find those holes. And like you said, that Cooper Cup role really has kind of fit him well. It'll be interesting to see, I guess, if and when those two get to play together. I mean, sounds like the hamstring issue is kind of a weird thing with uh cup right now so uh, who knows i saw something he... i saw something that 
potentially week five, but that's still, we're still talking like a couple more games without him. Right. Right. right? So I have, so. I think, I believe since he went on IR, you have to miss at least four games. And so week five yeah. is the earliest, but they were saying, I mean, there's been reports that like it's genetically like related to like what his hamstring issue is. Like once it's like genetics, it's like, that's kind of out of your hands. Right. So yeah, uh, kind of interesting, but it's cool to see how like we were talking about Puka, you know, in the in the you know preseason training camp kind of uh, you know situation a few few mm-hmm. weeks back, and we were like, hey, like maybe he could be like their wide receiver number three, like like that was like kind of like our stretch, and now we're like, oh, he's definitely their best wide receiver right now, and then when Cup comes back, he's definitely number two, right? And then if Cup's not healthy, like who knows, right? And I I made a little video for social media kind of recapping Puka's uh week two performance. You can find that on kslsports.com uh social media if you want to laugh at me and make fun of me. Um but <laughs> the uh the thing about that is like I was like kind of just doing it to, you know, you know, pub the locals and the NFL stuff that we're putting out, but like there's a part of it that I really kind of believe in this early campaign for him to be rookie of the year because he's he's breaking nfl records he's up there with the most receptions in the league with justin jefferson who is Mm -hmm. like everybody's either your top wide receiver like your second like 1a 1b with jamar chase right Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. it's pretty outstanding what he's done the first two weeks of the season if he keeps this up like the nfl rookie of the year talk like you know a few weeks from now is really, really going to get picking up some steam. So uh, a couple of things I want to point out, which says just volumes uh, about Puka Nakua, um, their head coach, Sean McVay, one of the most respected uh, up and coming. He's already, he's already arrived, but he's young. He's going to be around for a long time. He could go down as an all time great for a head coach. Yeah. Matt Stafford, well-respected, you know, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Um, trust Puka Nakua has the trust of Matt Stafford and Sean McVay how McVay continues to call plays to Nakua Stafford continues to throw the ball to Nakua you brought up a, a point um, Kyle how many times he's been targeted 35 times in two games you are targeting a guy because you trust him to make a catch you know that if you throw the ball within, within the vicinity of his hands he's going to be able to grab it um, that he's going to run the route correctly, the route that he's supposed to run, that he's going to get open, all of those things. You're trusting a guy who's played two NFL games <laughs> and yet going into this week, one yeah. NFL game, enough to give him 20 targets on Sunday. If you go to um, you know, last year, think of last year, uh, Jamar Chase, a name that you just brought up, averaged 11 targets per game. He led the league. Cooper Cup was right behind him, 10.8 targets per game justin jefferson another name that you brought up 10.8 targets per game uh and i know it's only two games but if you if you go to stat muse i don't know if the i i enjoy dabbling on stat muse every now and then we've had our we've had our moments back and forth with stat muse sam yeah right yes exactly (laughs) we have for sure but if you go there and you type who has the most targets per game in nfl history guess who's number one 
Pukunakua, 17.5. I know it's only two games, but on their list, he is number one at 17.5 targets per game. Number two is Marvin Harrison for a career at 9.8 targets per game. Obviously, he did that over a 146-game career. But, the shattering uh, records, left and right. But, but what I'm saying is it's yeah. just it just says volumes about where he's sure. already at as a two-game rookie in the NFL with how much he's being trusted by his uh, teammates. Yeah, one last thing for me on Puka. Uh, you mentioned uh, Sean McVay. In his post-game press conference, he said uh, about Puka Nakua, he said, he's the epitome of what we want to be as Rams. I love Puka Nakua. <laughs> that's like all you need to say, right? Yeah, like, I mean, Sean McVay it. loves Puka Nakua and has said as much. So there we go. Those are my three stars. Now, I know there's more than that. I already brought up one, Julian Blackman. I don't know if you want to talk about him a little bit more, but there's other locals that have, that had their moments this weekend as well. Kyle, who kind of stood out for you this week? Hey, I'd love to talk about Julian Blackman because I love watching my Colts. And yeah. they're one-on-one. They're one. I feel pretty good about life. I'm feeling okay. As long <laughs> as my quarterback doesn't get concussed anymore, I'm okay. Uh, no, I want to talk about another Colt, though, in yeah. uh, former Utah running back Zach Moss. Zach had his season debut. He obviously, uh, we talked about this a month or so ago, he broke his uh, arm in training camp like the first week. It was like day three mm-hmm. or something. So he didn't get hardly any run in camp and then obviously didn't play in any of those preseason games as well. Jonathan Taylor out. Colts have no running back. They had a just an abysmal performance in week one. Their starting running back had like 13 carries for 14 yards or something. I can't remember exactly what the numbers were, but it just like terrible, right? Well, Zach Moss, thank goodness he uh, he came back in week two because he helped the Colts get the win, but he also had over 100 yards from scrimmage, uh, mm-hmm. about you know, 70, 80-ish yards uh, out of the backfield uh, running the ball and then had a touchdown as well to help the Colts beat the Texans. Um, I just – it's really nice. To, it's really nice to see him kind of have like a, a good – like rushing game after what yes. we saw late last year where he like was just such a misfit with the Buffalo bills. They like didn't run the ball. They like used their running back sparingly kind of, he just like wasn't a fit for their offense. And no. so like last year after the, the Colts traded for him, I think it was the season finale actually had over a hundred yards uh, touchdown against the Texans by the way, as well. Um, so keep playing the Texans and Zach Moss is going to keep putting up numbers, but yeah, I, I just, I think that he's in a good spot right now. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor's out for at least uh, the first four games. So two more weeks to go and we'll see if Zach can keep putting these numbers up and, you know, maybe it just adds a little bit more leverage to the Colts to be like, Hey, like we don't need to pay Jonathan Taylor. Right. We got Zach Moss. Who knows? Yeah. He's got to keep performing. Right. I mean, I mean, one thing that stands out to me is that he was the only running back on their team to get a carry on Sunday. Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew both ran the ball, but he was the only back to get carries in the game. And and so that says a couple of things. One, they're relying on him. Two, the opportunity is there because he's the only one getting the opportunity, so he's got to capitalize. And three, it could be a depth problem. But again, <laughs> oh, <it is. laughs> again that goes back to yeah. opportunity. It's his sure. opportunity. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, going to that depth problem, he played – all of the offensive snaps in that game, except for one, which is like unbelievable for an NFL running back, (laughs) right? Like they rotate out in like goal line situations or like you take a series off or whatever. No, Zach played every single offensive snap except for one in that game. Crazy. Just wild. I'm just looking. 
They've got uh, Dion Jackson and Jake Funk on the depth chart behind them. I uh, admittedly don't know anything about those guys. So there you go. There, there you go. Uh, another, just a real quick, uh, mm-hmm. wanted to mention uh, Cody Barton had a fumble recovery yes. against your uh, lowly Denver Broncos. Broncos yeah. Who? Hey, what a bonkers end of that game, though. Crazy ending. Are you kidding and me? <laughs> I felt bad for you, but at the same time. <laughs> it was almost like a fitting end to like just kind of who the Broncos have been for the last, what is it? Eight years now, right? Six, oh, seven man. years. So, you know, you should just kind of, you should have seen, seen me and Jeremiah, uh, the, the, the sports office, the sports section of the newsroom was going nuts on Sunday between the two of us <laughs> after that hail Mary. Uh, but oh, we kind of both knew that they were probably going to flub that two point conversion. And hey, they did, but yeah, I'll say this much. That was PI on the on the two point conversion. Sure was. It was unbelievable they didn't call it, but the refs are probably like, oh, we, we don't want to be here anymore. Let's get out of this game. <laughs> um, one last thing I want to mention. I know he didn't have like an amazing box score game, uh, mm-hmm. but Zach Wilson had an awesome throw for a touchdown. Just ripped it down the middle to Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson took it the rest of the way, but just a a freaking dart that he threw over the middle, which was awesome. The thing about Zach that I just wanted to mention real quickly Mm -hmm. is there's been a lot of talk after the game from his teammates, kind of propping him up saying like, it wasn't his bad. Like when you look at the box score and you see his, his rating, the completion percentage, the three interceptions, like all that's bad. doesn't look (laughs) great. You look at his rushing yards and you're like, okay, like picked up some first downs like that. He like, he showed some good, but he also showed some bad. I will say, after hearing Robert Sala talk about Zach today, it did make me, because, like, you also have to, like, take some perspective where you're like, I'm not a part of the locker room. Like, Zach maybe has, like, maybe he hasn't. Maybe they're just, like, it's all coach and player speak. Who knows, right? I'm not in the locker room. But some of the things that have been, are being said this year, they have a different vibe to them than they did a, a year ago, in my opinion. I don't think that Zach is like all the way there. I don't think he's ready. I think that they're mm-hmm. like kind of in a spot where they're like, there's nobody else out there. So we're like, we're going to ride with him. Cause like he is our best option. And like, we'll see if we can make something out of nothing. Cause really at the end of last year, it was nothing. So I think that they're kind of in that spot where they're not like ready to throw him to the fire. But I will say, I don't think it's like as bad as like the bad is out on social media or what you're hearing. And like these, like, talk shows and like you know first take hit pieces and all that kind of stuff i don't think it's like that but i also don't think that zach's like lighting it up or anything right like i think it's a little bit there in the middle uh probably more towards the bad obviously but uh i I do think that like he also went against the cowboys really really tough you know first go let's see it let's see how he is against the patriots a team that he played twice last year and twice his rookie year and one that caused him to be benched last year, a, a terrible mm-hmm. performance against the Pats. I'm really interested. Like, let's ride off this week. I want to see him play against New England this next week. And yeah. if it's if it's another bad performance, like, you know, maybe it's it is start time to, you know, start putting that in ink as opposed to erasing some stuff. But, you know, I just wanted to get that out there. I just, yeah, I think sure. we're too quick to ride him off this year. It's only week two. Let's see how he is as things progress over the first month, month and a half. Yeah, I mean he's put he's put enough on tape 
over the past year and a half for people to want to be done with him, but he's not put enough sure. on tape. Sure. He's not put he's not put enough on tape yet since Aaron Rodgers came to town, right? And, and, and I, I, even... I I think that I think I still think that there might be a different version of Zach that's that's evolving as we are watching yeah. him. You know, he he didn't have all of the time he wanted to just kind of be um, tutored by by Aaron and watch him and be an observer and a learner. Um, he kind of got shoved back in maybe sooner than he had wanted, sooner than probably anyone wanted. Of sure, course. sure. But but you know, I, I agree with you. It, I think there is a different vibe. I think he was humbled. Um, I think he probably. Uh, he knows he's trying hard to regain the trust of teammates and to, um, you know, be in a good place with them because that is crucial for a quarterback in the NFL. But if you end your last three drives with picks, that's ultimately what they're going to remember and see on the tape. You know, there's other things that right. they see on the tape too. For so sure. he, that's got to get corrected. If Zach continues to be a turnover machine like that, it's not going to help him. Yeah, the thing that I'll add to that is I don't think that it's necessarily just the Aaron Rodgers factor. Because, like, I think that part of that's, like, Zach's obviously learning from somebody that he has never had the chance to learn from. Like, sorry, Joe Flacco, you're not Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah. But I do think that he's also playing, and this is why I want to see it play out a little bit more this season. And I also, like, I'm thinking, like, you know, we'll know by week seven, week eight. M- midway point of the season, like, we'll know. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because the Jets have a better talent group this year than they've had the first two years of Zach Wilson's career. But you look at uh, PFF put out some grades on um, some of the Jets players around Zach. Zach didn't have a great grade. Uh, Sauce Gardner, for instance, pretty good game, dropped a yeah. pick, obviously, but he was graded at 82.8. Zach was a 48.5. So like a significant dip, right? These are guys all playing around Zach on the offense. Dalvin Cook, 40.5, lower than Zach. It was the lowest yeah. in his career. Uh, three offensive linemen on the Jets were in the 30s, all the lowest of their career. It was like a, a just wild, like bad performance for their entire offensive line, which is just not a good unit. So yeah. again, let's see like different yeah, opponents. For sure. Some, Dallas looks like they could be in the Super Bowl, right? Like, yeah. Let, let's see. Let's see him against, you know, a couple of division opponents and uh, we'll go from there. But I, I'm not like I'm not crowning him. I just felt like I needed to get that out there where it's like, hey, I think that there's something to like what the Jets personnel is saying about Zach right now. I just need to see consistent improvement. It doesn't have yeah, to be massive exactly. improvement. It can be baby steps, but I need to see the consistent improvement sure. on a week by week basis. Okay, so Kyle, let's look ahead at uh, at week 3 now in the NFL and maybe some of the some of the games that are sticking out to you on on the schedule. We've already seen some great ones through these first 2 weeks and it, heck, it's going to keep getting better cuz we still have 15 weeks left of the NFL season. So, uh there's there you know, I'll I'll go ahead and get started uh with you. Of course, the uh Saints and Packers is going to be a game that I think for your Sunday morning. Again, I keep picking the Packers because I like watching Jordan Love, but <laughs> yeah. but it's going to be fun to maybe see. We mentioned at the beginning of this podcast if Taysom Hill's role starts to kind of I don't want to say evolve because we've seen it 
before, but starts to open back up again, right? If if the playbook for him starts to open and his his role starts to move into different spots there. Plus, I've I've been big on Rashid Shahid. Uh, as as we know, going back to the preseason podcast that we did, uh, I'm I'm big on him, so I'm excited about that. That's one uh, as far as Sunday morning goes, one that's going to uh, stand out for me for sure. That's so that's the game I'm keeping my eye on. You know, Sam, there's so many good games this week. I'm just like looking at the schedule right now because I had one that was in mind, and I'm like, I don't know. There's like a few more that I really like. I'm going to say just real quickly, this is not a homer pick. I really am excited to watch Zach Moss again. Yeah, they're going against the Ravens, the Colts first Ravens on Sunday morning. So just kind of interested to see if he can follow up that performance again. But I'll also say uh, Monday Night Football. It's another doubleheader, back-to-back weeks of Monday Night Football yeah. doubleheaders. And like you've it. got the Rams versus the Bengals. The Bengals are 0-2, and Puka Nakua is going to be the focal point for that Bengals gosh, defense yep. to shut down. And they're going to be right. just like, they're going to be scrapping for a win. And it's going to be in Cincinnati. I just like, I think it's like a really fun matchup to watch. Cause like if Puka is like going to be like, I mean, the Puka Nakua mm-hmm. show is happening. So like, yes, what's, what's going to happen to shut that down from Cincinnati side. I'm fascinated to watch that. So that's the game I'm looking forward to most. I like that. Uh, that one is going to have my attention on Monday as well. And uh, hopefully we get lots of performances from our locals again. We'll be right back here again next week. Kyle, it's been fun as always chatting about our locals in the NFL. We can't get enough of it. Uh, and I just hope it, it doesn't stop producing the rest of the way. So uh, having said that, we bid you a, a good week and we'll see you guys again next week. This is the Ards After College podcast powered by KSLSports.com and you can listen to it there and on the KSL Sports app.